Yes, Lord. We, ju we just thank you for this time right now as we come together as a church where it is all about you. Lord, even with what we've been through in the last close to five months uh, across the world, around this nation, I just thank you, God, that you're bringing us back. You're bringing the church back to that place that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, I thank you for people that I gathered today at our 9 o'clock, at our 6 o'clock, people that are gathered in our church on Zoom, wherever people are tuning in, I thank you, Lord, that truly there is no distance in your kingdom. And Lord, as we come around your word, I pray that you would anoint it, you would bless it, you would open our hearts, you would open our mind. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. It is always a joy to bring the word. And can I just say, for those of us in our Brisbane family, what a joy it is for us to gather. Truly, God is doing great things. Well, we have been studying about grace. We kicked off the series three weeks ago uh, called Amazing Grace. And in week one, we learned that grace is too good to be true. We learned that grace means it's too good to be true information. Week two, we learned that grace is not just too good to be true, but grace is unmerited favor. Grace is undeserved favor. And we also established this incredible partnership between grace and faith, where grace is God's part and faith is our part. Now, this week is the finale. We're finishing off grace, this, this series on grace. And I would, if, you, if, you, if this is your first week joining in and watching and being part of our service, I'd love for you to jump on YouTube and look at Downpour Church because this whole series has, has been a blessing. I've received so many emails, so many messages, so many shares on social media of people that are saying that this has been changing their lives. And so this morning, we're going to learn another definition to add on to that definition, which is grace is not just too good to be true. Grace is not just unmerited favor, but grace is God's empowerment. Grace is God's empowerment. And I'm excited about this message because when you get a hold of this, it's going to change your life. Grace is God's divine enablement, is God's divine empowerment. In fact, when it comes to the topic of grace, the signature poster child when it comes to grace is this guy in the Bible called Paul. Uh, those of us that uh, have a faith know about Paul. He's written most of the New Testament and he constantly emphasizes the doctrine of, of grace. He keeps talking about grace and in his writings, he keeps talking about this thing called abounding grace, increasing grace. And so this morning, what I want to talk about is how to grow your grace, rather growing in grace, because here's the thing. I don't know if you know this, but you can actually grow in grace. Now, having known the things that we've learned over the last few weeks about grace, how many of you reckon you could do a bit of growing in grace. I reckon I could always be growing in grace. And so that's what we're going to learn about this morning. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul is writing to a son, a disciple, a spiritual son. He says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Literally, he's saying the circumstances that you're facing, the strength that you need is available and given by the grace that God has poured upon your life. What Paul is saying is grace is God's divine empowerment. And I want you to know that you can grow and grow in grace. In fact, 2 Peter chapter 3 talks about growing in grace. And so based on that premise that I've shared, I want to give you three ways, the three things you can do to grow in grace. Are you taking notes? I hope you are. Here's my first point. We grow in grace by what God has put before us, or rather, 
I grow in grace by what God has put before me. I always find in life that I'm constantly wanting something new, wanting something fresh. You know, we all have this thing called the wish list. If you ever shop on any, any websites like Amazon or something, you've got this thing called the wish list. You can put it in your wish basket. And I think sometimes when it comes to God, we can behave that way. It's like my wish, wish list. One day I'd like to do this. One day I'd like to do that. But, but I've come to realize that God does not just want us to have a wish list, but God has entrusted us with few things. And I've come to realize that I'm more likely to find grace with what God has put in my hands. So if you're married, there's grace in that marriage. If, you are, if, you have, if you're a parent, there is grace in that relationship. If you're working, there's grace in that role. If you're in ministry, there's grace in that. Sometimes we can look on the, not where we're at, we can look outside of our circumstances and wish for those things and say, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like that person. Or if God could just grace me with that gifting. But friend, I've come to realize that most times I'm more than likely to find God's grace in what he's put in my hands. In fact, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, it says, having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy, let us pro prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation and he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Literally what Paul is saying is if you have something on your life, use it. He's literally saying God has already given you a measure of grace. We studied this week one that grace is not something we earn. Grace is something we've been given. And literally Paul is saying the way to discover new grace is by using the grace that you've already been given. Use that gift. Use that ability. Use that opportunity. Use what is put before you. And another observation we can see from Romans chapter 6 is we find that Paul is associating gifts with grace. I don't know if you saw that. He that has been gifted has been graced. Our human culture associates gifts with talents. And that's the problem we have. A lot of us complain about how untalented we are. I'm not gifted enough. But Bible, the Word of God teaches us something different. The Word literally uses the word grace and gifts together. I wonder if maybe a lot of times we haven't discovered our gifts because we haven't walked out in what has been put before us. So the first way, the first thing you can do to grow in grace is by using what is put in your hands, using what is put in front of you. So what I've come to realize is that I increase in grace by stepping out into what God has put before me. That's my first thought. Here's my second point on growing in grace. Grace works better with a tribe. Grace works better with a tribe. As I studied scripture, I wish I could share a lot of scriptures this morning, but we're limited in our times. But as I studied scripture, there was a common thing I noticed. I noticed that wherever people gathered, there was an increase in the outworking of God's grace. Grace is not this unidimensional concept. Grace is, is a, grace is a multi-dimensional concept. And the best example of this is Paul again. Some of you may not know the story of Paul, but Paul was what you call, what you would call a modern day terrorist. He was radical. He was wild. He hated Christians. He did not just hate Christians. He went after Christians. When he was done killing Christians in a certain city, he got a permit to travel to another city to go after them, literally. And in the middle of that journey, he has a what they call a Damascus Road encounter. 
he sees Jesus face to face and literally he goes from the guy that was killing believers to the guy that was making believers. But some of us don't know the story of Paul. We think Paul just came out of nowhere and started writing books, but Paul had a very long ministry. The first thing that Paul did once he got saved, once he found Jesus, was he found a tribe. He literally found a tribe where he began to serve. He began to serve, then he began to get coached, then he began to get trained, then he began to get discipled, then he began to be sent. In other words, Paul's tribe was a bunch of people called the Antioch. My encouragement for you this morning is if you are feeling like you're going low on your grace quota, find yourself a tribe. I reckon some of you are sitting in your tribe. You're sitting with your tribe. Maybe the people that you're with, they're your tribe. And can I just say, when you start serving the people that you're with, all of a sudden, all of a sudden opportunities come and you begin to grow, you begin to increase. And that's what you notice in the life of Paul. First he started serving, then he started teaching, then he started preaching. Next thing you know, they started sending him out there to plant a church. Then you know he's writing a few letters and then these letters become books. And today we have a portion of the Bible because of just why. Each time Paul did his thing, when he started serving, he had a measure of grace. Then he started being discipled. There was a new grace. Then he started getting trained. There was a new grace. Then he started praying for people. He started growing in grace. Then he got sent out as a leader. He again grew in grace. If you literally notice the life of Paul, his life was nothing but a conduit expression of growing in grace. And I believe that's an encouragement for all of us. So can I say to you, find a tribe where you can be strengthened. Find a tribe where you're celebrated. I've heard a lot of people say, don't go where you're tolerated, go where you're celebrated. But can I just add to that? Go where you're celebrated and also go where you're challenged. A tribe that loves you enough to celebrate you, to celebrate your wins, to celebrate your, your learning moments, but also a tribe that challenges you. And that leads to my third thought in growing in grace. And here's, 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 here's my third thought. This is what it says. I don't have what I don't know I have. You're like, what does that mean? I'll explain it to you. I don't have what I don't know I have. When it comes to grace, I don't know what I don't know. Are you with me? This is one of the things I tell my team all the time. I don't know what I don't know. If I don't know, I don't know. It sounds pretty simple, but it's quite profound. When it comes to grace, that, that still works the same. You actually don't know what you don't know when it comes to grace. So I want to read a passage of scripture that's going to speak to you this morning. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You're like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Grow in grace and in knowledge in God. Now, I've read the scripture so many times, but when I read this a couple of weeks ago, it just leapt at me. I've read the scripture saying, yeah, Paul, Peter is still into the church, grow in grace, that's awesome. See, if the author just wanted us to grow in grace, he would have just said grow in grace. But I found that there was a little key that he put in there. He used the words grow in grace and knowledge. Grow in grace and knowledge. And here's what I'm trying to say. Just because God has graced you, it doesn't mean you know that He's graced you. Just because God has blessed you, it doesn't mean you know that He has blessed you. So I'm going to give you an example. You're like, okay, help me understand it. Asking smart questions this morning. We're talking to a smart bunch of people. When I first started serving and, and working as a pastor, I had, my, I had my inbox and my outbox and my trays and everything ready, stationary. I had my office days, my people days, my preaching days. But I began to notice 
people did not really care about my schedule. I had a big to-do list. It doesn't matter. My, within, within half the day gone, I'd have my phone ringing with people having babies, people experiencing traumas, people being diagnosed with cancer. And literally as a 20 whatever year old person, I'd be like, couldn't you have found a better day to be diagnosed with this? Literally, that's what I would think. I'd be like, I have this nice, beautiful to-do list to go with. And I begin to realize something. And almost it was like my plans would never come into play. It was all these people stuff that would come up and creep in and eat up my beautiful box that I had ready to face the day ahead of me. But I begin to realize something as I begin to lead and learn that even though I was not mentally prepared for the problems that I was about to face, when I woke up that morning, God knew what I was going to face. When I woke up that morning, God knew that Alwyn would receive a phone call that would say something like, this person's been diagnosed with cancer. Alwyn would receive a phone call where this person's fallen pregnant. Alwyn would receive a phone call where this person needs to, they need to be visited in the hospital. They need prayer. They need ministry. And all of a sudden, I begin to change my understanding and I begin to go, I don't want to just follow my to-do list. I want to be open to what God already knows. Are you with me? So then I started praying different. I started praying this way. I said, God, I have a plan this morning, but I give you permission to disrupt my plan because you know what you know and I don't know what I don't know. But I know one thing. If you know what you know, then you know what's coming my way. And if you know what's coming my way, it means you've given me grace, empowerment to face what's coming my way way. I know some of you are having a light bulb moment because you're like, wow, that is speaking to me. So I begin to pray this. And this is why Peter says, grow what? In grace and knowledge. The key, my friend, is knowledge. You know what knowledge is? It's revelation. And so whenever I would, now when I face things, you know what I say? God, I'm feeling a bit anxious, but you know what? Now give me revelation. Now give me revelation because once you give me revelation, I have grace that I need. I enter the grace zone. I enter the empowerment zone. I enter the strength that you have for me. The same strength that your servant Paul said to his son Timothy, that same strength is available to me. I've come to realize that the level in which I grow in knowledge is the level in which I can grow in grace. The level in which that I grow in revelation is the level in which I can grow in grace. So single mom, I know that it's hard. You don't know what's coming. You don't know what the day is going to look like. But guess what? God has graced you to face the day ahead of you. Whenever I feel anxious now, that's what I tell myself. I didn't know this was going to happen, but it's okay. If God knows it was going to happen, let me tell you, even when it comes to COVID-19, it wasn't like God was surprised, which means God has graced us. He's empowered us. He's filled us. He's given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And because of that, I now have what I know I have. I hope this is liberating you this morning. I want to take a moment right now to pray for people. And what I want to pray for people, I'm going to pray a very unusual prayer. I want to pray, uh, but I'm not going to pray for your problems to go away. I'm going to pray for revelation to come, for you to enter the grace zone to face your problem. I know it's an unusual prayer. You're like, I came to church because I have problems. Yes, I'm not asking you to run away from it, but I'm asking us to face this together because whatever we're facing together, God has already enabled us. So why don't we pray? If you're able to stretch out your hands, I'm going to pray with you. Father, I pray right now for your people. 
I thank you, God, that your presence is there. I thank you, God, for the encouragement that you've given us, that you've called us to grow in grace. Not, not some unusual grace, but grace that you've already given to us. Grace that you've already uh, given to us, unmerited, uh, that we don't qualify for. It's a gift from you. And this morning, I pray for people that have need. There are people right now that have anxiety, people right now that are facing a financial crisis, people right now that are feeling lonely, people right now that are feeling a bit beaten down, whatever they're facing. We're not asking for that problem to go away. I'm asking in the name of Jesus for you to give us revelation knowledge to face the mountain in front of us. And now that we have that strength from heaven, we can walk in your grace. We can walk in your gifting. We can walk in your calling. You've anointed us. You've appointed us, you have blessed us, and Lord, we walk out strengthened this morning as your church. In your name, we pray. Everybody shout, Amen. Amen, amen, amen.